Hey there, and welcome back to the Alligator Sports Podcast. This is going to be a very exciting show for you guys. We got very great news coming from men's tennis and a bunch of other sports. With that being said, let me just tell you all about it, and let's go right into the sports recap for May 26, 2021. Let's go to it. Let's go back in time the past seven days. Alright, so let's start off with some fantastic news. Congratulations to the men's tennis team for winning their first ever national championship in Lake Nona, Florida on Saturday. They powered through the tournament and defeated Baylor 4-1 thanks to the game-clinching point by freshman Ben Shelton and him and his father and head coach Brian Shelton celebrated right after. It was a beautiful, beautiful moment. But we'll talk about that more later on the show. Baseball is the number three seed in the SEC tournament after a brutal sweep uh, against the Arkansas Razorbacks. But on the bright side, they did defeat Kentucky in the first round of the tournament 4-1 and then run-ruled Mississippi State this morning, Wednesday, 13-1. Strong pitching performances from Tommy Mace and Hunter Barco helped shut down both teams to only two runs. Mace threw eight strikeouts against Kentucky. Lacrosse Unfortunately, the season has come to an end for the, for the Gators, and after they took a tough 17-11 loss against the Syracuse Orange, goalie Sarah Resnick had 11 saves on the day, and then Sharon, Shannon Cavanaugh and Brianna Harris put in five total goals. On the other hand, softball had a very successful regional run against South Florida and Alabama. Uh, first, they played USF on, and then defeated them on a walk-off uh, RBI from Hannah Adams in the final inning. And then uh, they defeated South Alabama as well, 10 to nothing in between before defeating USF again, 8-0, and then moving on to the Super Regionals. And in case you lost the math there, that is uh, 19 to nothing against opponents in the regionals so good luck to softball and hopefully they can keep that up but with that being said let's keep it up with this this good news and we're going to bring on a very special guest his name is ryan zender it's humongous for the university of florida that a men's tennis championship is finally coming back to gainesville after the program being around for so long but we'll talk about that more with ryan let's bring him on and let's go into the next interview with that we are back from the recap and we have a special guest once again this week returning from uh, a couple episodes ago the tennis beat for the independent alligator it's ryan zender ryan how are you doing today my friend i'm good still coming off the uh, excitement from the national championship win a few days ago which obviously we're going to get into um but yeah thanks for having me on Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Of course, man. Love, love to have you on, especially with great freaking news like that. Uh, if, if you're a Gators fan of, of just Gators athletics in general, national championship coming back to UF. Uh, the uh, Gators men's team won the national championship in Orlando at the UTSA uh, tennis camp. And um, Ryan, what was your first impression from, from the from the matches? Well, it was a lot of fun. You know, I, I just uh, I just started covering tennis as the the postseason kicked off. So, I, you know, I really got to watch um, basically them just play. Uh, you know, these six rounds of this tournament, 
and, and they started off strong. And I think uh, I appeared on the podcast after uh, we won in the round of 32. Um, and at yes. that point, you know, I said, yeah, they're going to have to clean up. Uh, they're playing doubles, but in singles, they look pretty much unbeatable. And that's basically what we saw for the rest of the tournament. Uh, you know, they lost in doubles, you know, even in the championship, but, you know, in singles, they're just too strong. No team really was good enough to uh, take three singles matches from them at any point. Um, and, you know, that's what you saw late Saturday night after dropping doubles, they just stormed back in singles and, you know, lo looked really dominant by the end of the night. Oh, yeah. And then Joe, I understand that you were also watching the game, right? Yeah. I, I had something else going on on Saturday night and then I ended up, getting back and it was oh they just finished the doubles and the singles were starting so I turned it on and ended up watching the whole thing which I'm really glad I did um just seeing the emotion of the team when they finally did pull it out and win it was very tense but then just the way the tournament and like the singles matches work where they're all six playing at the same time it was very like, oh, this could go either way. Like, Baylor has a lead in a couple of these ones. Florida has a lead in a couple of ones. And, like, we're Florida needing to win four, four of them. Baylor need to win three. I was, like, trying to, like, figure it out, like, the dynamics of everything. And then it was, all right, Florida won this one. Florida won this one. Florida won this one. Oh, Ben Shelton's, like, a couple points away from sealing it. And it all happened so quickly. It was just super, super exciting. And I was very glad that I got to watch it. Right, right. I'm kind of jealous. I actually, unfortunately, missed out. But speaking of the emotion, uh, let's talk about the story really quick between head coach Brian Shelton and uh, the the athletic freak that is Ben Shelton, and that's in, in the best way possible. I mean, this guy is absolutely amazing at tennis. Um, so Ben Shelton did did clinch the matchup. I did I did uh, see that much, um, but. Just watching him, uh, watching head coach Brian Shelton, you know, in the clip afterward, you know, break down in, into tears was seemed uh, really cool. Seemed to be really cool. But um, Ryan, kind of, kind of take me through that that, that uh, last matchup with Ben and like how how tense was it watching it? Yeah. So uh, like uh, like Jesse just mentioned, it was really uh, it was quick. Once the Gators took the lead, uh, they lost the doubles point. We're down one to nothing, and then. Yeah, suddenly, like over the course of 10 minutes, uh, Andy Andrade, Sam Riffis, and Josh Goodger all won uh, in straight sets. And so, you know, Gators are one point away from winning. And then uh, Ben, uh, you know, Ben Shelton actually dropped his first set. Um, and, you know, in pretty decisive fashion, in pretty decisive fashion, I was, I was watching some of that first set. And, you know, he was, he looked sort of overmatched. He, he, he looked a little bit nervous, which was, you know, shocking after um, his performances, you know, previously in the tournament where he's just seemed, you know, like way older than he is and, and a lot more mature and, and, and really ready for the stage. Um, but then, you know, into the second and third set, he, he really settled down. He, he found his game and, and he played, he started playing the kind of tennis that he excels at. And you know, what he does so well is, is he brings his opponent to his level uh, and he, you know, he makes his opponent, uh, run across the court like he is able to uh he hits a lot of drop shots he hits a lot of um you know uh, he hits a lot of winners trying to make his trying to tire his opponent out and that's really what happened so he he fought back in the second set forced a third set and then it was either him or blaze mcnell uh who was going to close it out and you know shelton just looked dominant he uh he broke to to give himself the chance to serve out the set and the match 
uh, end the season, and he did. And uh, yeah, like you said, uh, you know, his dad was then watching from the sidelines, and it was it was really neat seeing him just sort of like collapse onto the ground, knowing that you know what he's probably been wanting uh, for most of his son's life, which is yeah, um, for him to be competing at the highest level. Um, and that's exactly what this was. So it, it was really it was really special to see. Right, right, exactly. I mean, I mean, born and raised in Gainesville, Florida, and then. The next thing you know, he's on the team and then clinching a national championship for, for his dad. It really is, really is something. Um, but you did mention a name that I do want to touch on a little bit. Uh, that is Blaze Bicknell. And he was one of the two, I, I believe, that Josh Goodshear also, also went undefeated. But Blaze Bicknell went 32-0, and which was, I believe, the fourth ever in, in, in Florida history. And, and that's – it's just mind blowing, and even when I was a beat uh, this past spring, just watching watching that guy play was just he, he's he's an intense guy. He does not let up, and when he scores, he he lets his opponent hear about it, and he just never seems to run out of energy. But that's okay because he's usually done with with his opponent in about two sets. Um, but how did Blaze do in, in in this in the national championship in the uh, in the tournament in general since since we last spoke? Yeah, so I think you'll remember because I'm sure I mentioned it last time I was on that he didn't, um, he, Blaze didn't play in the first or second round of the tournament, uh, and yeah, obviously coming in undefeated from the regular season that was surprising, but I think I said on the podcast and I that turned out to be true that he was sort of an ace in the sleeve for Coach Shelton, um, so he you know he started playing uh, when the Sweet Sixteen kicked off. Um, and yeah, he stayed undefeated. I, I don't think, I think two of his matches didn't uh, get to finish up in the four rounds that he played, but in the two that did, he was undefeated. Um, in the championship, like Ben Shelton, uh, he dropped his first set, but then, uh, you know, won his second set and look, looked like he was coming back in the third set uh, before, you know, the match ended anyway without his, his game specifically mattering. But I mean, you know, what an accomplishment to finish the season undefeated. And like you say, I mean, he's, incredibly energetic, super passionate on the court. You can see, you know, he, he just has the mentality that even when he may be overmatched or, or looks like he's not on his, his best day, he's not going to lose, right? <laughs> you know, he, he still knows he's going to win, right? And, and that's what you need. He's, he's been Florida's most consistent player by far. And yeah, having him, Ben Sheldon, and a guy like Josh Goodger, who has played less, uh, you know, admittedly, but is also undefeated on the year in singles, uh, having all of them occupy, you know, courts four, five, and six, uh, it's it's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. All of those guys could be easily on court one for most other programs in the country. So, you know, the depth that this Florida team has is just shocking. And that's, you know, really, really what led them to this title. Uh, you know, you don't need the heavy hitters, Vale, Riffis, to uh, to win every single match when you have yeah, guys like Blaze Bicknell playing on courts four or five who are literally undefeated on the year. Um, so, you know, fantastic season for him. He's a sophomore, so he's going to be coming back. And, uh, yeah, it's exciting. Yeah, Ryan, you kind of touch on it, but looking at the depth of this team and the makeup of it right now, is this a team that has the composition to come and be right back in this situation next year as a team where – they can make a run deep into the final four and be competing to put up back-to-back -back titles. Is that something that's on the horizon for this team, especially when someone like Ben Shelton is so young and is going to have a long career here and the coaching staff is so solid. Is it something that 
they're going to be right back here and going to be one of the most dominant forces in collegiate tennis for the next couple of years. Well, I mean, I, I, I expect that they will be back. Um, and if, if not, you know, uh, defending their national championship and certainly competing to defend it. Uh, you know, they are losing some guys. Uh, you have to talk about Duarte Valle, who's, you know, playing on court one. You expect Sam Riffis to step into that role next year because he'll be a senior. Um, uh, Ingoldson as well. Uh, we're losing Josh Goodger, or the Gators are losing, I should say. Uh, Josh Goodger. So there's definitely some talent that's departing, but, but like you say, I think uh, I think the team is well well equipped to have new guys step into those roles. Bignell uh, will be a, uh, a junior. Shelton's only going to be a sophomore, right? So you know there there are a few guys on this team that can uh, that are going to have long decorated careers. And, uh, you know, I expect that coming off of a national championship, they're not going to have any trouble. Uh, you know, the team's not going to have any trouble recruiting uh, and getting some, some, some good players to, to fill the gaps that, you know, some of the departing seniors are going to leave because there are going to be gaps that need to be filled. Um, but, you know, the, the young core of talent on this Gator team is, is astounding. And, you know, they, they were instrumental in winning this national championship and the young guys are, know probably going to be instrumental in, in competing for ones going forward so he said that the young guys were instrumental in winning this championship I think another thing that while not as instrumental because this Gators tennis team is obviously dominant they stormed through this entire tournament and won the title but watching that match on Saturday night the crowd was insane for both Baylor and Florida, the support was very much there for both teams. There was a point to where one of the officials had to like stop one of the matches for a second. And because the cheering for the Gators wasn't being like pro Florida, it was being more anti Baylor. Like whenever Baylor would screw up, they would like, that's when they would get loud. And they were like, Hey, we're all for you guys being like energetic but don't do that. And it was wild. It was, it sounded like a football or a basketball game or something that's way more of like a popular sport or more common sport to like go see live and be a big fan of. But everybody that was there was so intense and it fed into the emotion on the court. It was wild. Yeah, that's a great point uh, about the atmosphere. And I think, you know, a lot of people, myself included, normally associate professional tennis you know, Wimbledon or, you know, at Roland Garros at the highest level uh, with, you know, something like golf where it's a much more restrained sport. You know, you, you go and, you know, the, the Royal family comes to Wimbledon. Everyone's sort of, you know, clapping restrained uh, when someone does. Everybody's something. trying to be classy, but like yeah, exactly. this, it was, it was ridiculously rowdy down exactly. in Orlando. And I would have loved to be there. Like it would have been so much more fun to be there watching it live than watching it on my couch for sure. Yeah. Well, and that's what I think is cool about collegiate tennis, uh, you know, relatively speaking, is that because all those matches are happening at once, you, you know, the energy of the match progresses in, in really unexpected ways. So suddenly, you know, the momentum uh, on a certain court can totally shift based on what happens, you know, right next door. Uh, and, and you saw that happen multiple times, right? Like when, when the Gators, uh, you know, scored three points in, in 10 minutes, and you know, put Baylor like a point away from elimination. Uh, it was it was very obvious that guys like Bicknell and Shelton had seized that momentum and were clearly on the front foot relative to how they were playing before, because they know that you know they're that one win away from clinching. 
Uh, and of course the crowd has a, has a huge impact on that too. So it's a really cool format. I, I've really enjoyed watching uh, the skaters team play. Um, and yeah, it's, it's collegiate tennis is fun. <laughs> it's, it's a lot of fun. It's really energetic. It's, it's, it's crazy. And, and it's a lot more fun when the Gators are bringing home national championships. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. You always got to love it. Uh, yeah. Another national championship coming back to Gainesville. Um, but I got to ask who, who in the tournament do you think played Florida the toughest? That's a good question. Uh, I'm not sure if they necessarily played us the toughest, um, and it may also be some recency bias, but I would say I was the most worried that the Gators were going to lose for the longest amount of time against this Baylor team. Like, you know, everyone else, even when we lost the doubles point, which I think happened four times in this tournament, three or four times, uh, it, it did a lot of the time seem like, okay, you know, Gators, you know, four guys are going to win in straight sets. It's not going to matter. Uh, in this case, you know, Gators lose in doubles, and then at the end of the first set of every singles match, Baylor was leading in three and Florida was leading in three. So, you know, you look at that and I was thinking, well, okay, one of those skaters who lost in their first set has to come back, right? You know, because if it splits three, three, then Baylor takes it. So that, that was the first time that had happened. Every, in every other match that we lost doubles in, uh, we had four guys who had won their first set and looked like they were going to blitz to the end. Uh, but in this case, uh, it was definitely more nervy until uh, Andrade, Riffis, and Goodger sort of all closed out their matches. And then uh, you saw the path to victory. But I would say the path to victory, which is always what you're looking for in these matches with the, the scoring format, uh, it, it, was, it was hardest to see this time. And it really didn't come into you know, focus until about 11.45 at night. Uh, and then at that point, it seemed obvious that, okay, you know, they're not going to go away. This team still has some tricks up their sleeve and, you know, they're going to dominate in singles and, and they eventually did. Right. Right. And uh, I do understand that uh, the, that there are a couple of members of the women's team who are currently still active uh, McCartney Kessler and Marley Zane, uh, how they've been, been doing. Yeah. So after the, um, the women's team got knocked out of the, of the, uh, their bracket in the, round of 32 I think or, or maybe the sweet 16 but then so, yeah the individuals started uh, after so uh, the only remaining competitors and individuals there were uh, yeah a few from the men and women's team are like you said uh, McCartney Kessler and Marley Zane in doubles and uh, they actually just lost yesterday um, to in, in, in actually a very good match but unfortunately in straight sets um, yeah. they're going to be knocked out now but the only the only remaining competitor now is Sam Refus. Okay. And he uh, actually has a super interesting match. I think it has now already happened at this point uh, by the time we're recording this and definitely by the time the episode is out um, <laughs> against Valentin Vachero, who uh, is on Texas A&M. We faced him in the final four, or I'm sorry, the Gators faced him in the final four. Uh, and Duarte Valle defeated him on court one. So it's actually good. It, it's, it's going to be very interesting to see how Riffis, who is always on court two for the Gators, in singles uh, goes up against, you know, the guy his teammate was playing just a few days ago. Um, so yeah, yeah. Good luck to Riffus and individuals. Uh, the rest of the Gators and both men's and women's sort of, uh, you know, bowed out to m maybe some people that they you know, thought they would have beaten, but of course the, the team honors have already been won and, and this is always just going to be the cherry on top, if anything. Well, I definitely that... appreciate Zender coming on. 
giving oh, yeah. us all the knowledge on tennis. Of it course. was a very fun postseason run to follow along with the Gators. Having him on twice just shows how good and exciting this team has been. Oh, yeah, for sure. <laughs> and then, uh, well, I do have the uh, two Lightning fans in here. Um, I do want to touch a little bit because it technically is tonight and it is sports, so we can talk about it. Uh, Joe, I'll take, yes. it, I'll take it right back yes, to you. Yes, it's fair game. Are you nervous for tonight, game six, or do you think the Lightning are going are to take it home? Or not take it home, but take it the next round. <laughs> I certainly hope they're going to they're gonna move on tonight because game seven back in Florida would be very, very scary. And I don't think that's something that this Lightning team wants to do. That young goalie for um, Florida something night, right? Night, yeah. Um, hey, he was popping very, up very impressive. <laughs> Somehow better than than, than Bob Rowski. Uh Ryan, how are you feeling about it? Um, I, I feel the exact same way about uh, the home ice, right? You really need to clinch tonight if you're the Lightning. Uh, in six, you really don't want to go back to, yeah, as you say, the Panthers, uh, you know, home ice advantage. But, you know, I believe, I believe, I, I'm always a, uh, a believer in this Tampa Bay team. I feel like they are just built to win. And even though, you know, the seeding would indicate that Florida has had a better regular season, I, I do think that Tampa Bay remains the team to beat in the NHL playoffs. So I believe I, that we I, will win. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, there's just too much star power. Someone's going to step up, right? And uh, yeah, I'll just hope that it isn't uh, the Panthers goalie. But yeah, go Bolts. I expect us to win. <laughs> Them. Them. Good energy. Good energy. <laughs> oh yeah, good. But for sure. Um. Oh yeah. So go Bolts. Hopefully, hopefully they can they can take it home for for the sake of the three of us. And shout out to anyone else at the Alligator who's a Lightning fan. This segment's for you. Um. <laughs> and yeah, Gators tennis national champions. Great, great news. The trophy is coming back. I I think it it's probably already is back by now. But um. It's, it is it is here, hopefully. I don't know. I can't I can't really speak on that. But anyway, regardless, Ryan, thank you for coming on the show. It's always awesome to talk about tennis, especially as a, a former tennis beat. And, uh, yeah, man, thank you again. Yeah, thanks so much. For sure, for sure. All right. And with that, the almighty King Joseph is going to take us with the sports preview for this week in Florida Gator Athletics. <music> all right all right so let's jump right into this week's preview the baseball team is in hoover alabama right now for the sec tournament florida is advanced into double elimination play and will look to stay alive as long as possible their next matchup will be thursday afternoon at 5 30 on sec network and as always you can follow along with my man jesse for live updates on those games the track and field team will travel just up the road to Jacksonville to participate in the NCAA East Preliminary. That event will get started on Wednesday and will carry on into the weekend, wrapping up on Saturday. The Gators men's golf team is in Scottsdale, Arizona at Greyhawk Golf Club for the NCAA Championships. Be on the lookout for my preview coming out on Thursday and then follow along as the team competes beginning on Friday and carrying on to Monday. Finally, the softball team has a big weekend ahead as the rival Georgia Bulldogs are heading to Gainesville for the NCAA Super Regionals. Game 1 is Friday at 5, and Game 2 on Saturday and Game 3 on Sunday are both set for noon. 
Be sure to check back in with the Alligator Sports Podcast to see how the Gators fare in this weekend's events and hear discussion on the latest with Florida Athletics.